Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is your Maxis Tyres pre-race show for the final round of the World Cup in Val de Sole. Maxis have a huge history with racing and are the tyre brand that comes to mind when you think about performance, so it's no surprise then that Maxis have won more than any other brand in the history of World Cup downhill and EWS racing. Whatever you need, Maxis have got you covered with a wide range of tread patterns, casing and compound options. I've spent a good chunk of this year running the Asagai 2.5 Max Grip in their brand new Exo Plus casing up front and combine that with a DHR Double Down Max Terra on the back. It's a popular combo and I personally find it gives incredible grip in the turns but still provides great braking traction so you can scrub off that speed when you really need to. The Exo Plus casing seems to be holding up too. I've had no issues with that on like fairly rough enduro rides so it's nice to be able to shave a little bit of weight off of the Double Downs especially on the front tyre. Having this support from Maxis means that I can be at some of the rounds in person to sit down with the awesome Chris Kilmurray, Nico Malali and Elliot Jackson to bring you the best and most in-depth racing coverage possible. So I'm super thankful to Maxis for helping out. Maxis are going to be giving away some awesome merch bundles throughout the season. If you want to get your hands on one, then just share this podcast episode on your Instagram and tag me at Downtime Podcast and at Maxis Bike and we'll choose a lucky winner. You can check out the entire range of Maxis tyres over at Maxis.com and find the tyres at your local Maxis dealer. You can also give them a follow on Instagram where they're at Max's Bike. All right, it's time to chat to Coach of the Stars, Chris Kilmurray, to find out what we have in store for us this weekend with the big finale in Val de Sole. Chris Kilmurray, welcome back. Our, uh, our last pre-race podcast of the season, which seems crazy. It's exciting because now the check comes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the invoice. <laughs> um, before we talk Valdesol, let's um, let's touch in on Leje because it's been an incredible, incredible week of racing, wild scenes that have never been seen before in the sport, and maybe never will again. But I suspect we might get a bit more of that. Um, yeah, talk us through it. Standout riders, interesting stuff that went on that maybe you've seen in your deep analysis that maybe the rest of us won't have noticed. What are your thoughts? It was definitely world champs. That's for sure. Yeah. Even though, you know, it was uh, a track we've been to, a venue we've been to, with a lot of history and we've had a long season of very competitive World Cups. It definitely was a world champs when people start a little bit slow because they know they have the extra day. But then qualies comes around and everyone's laid some of their cards on the table and then feverishly the next morning, <laughs> Friday morning, you could see that a lot of people wanted to get to work. So instead of Friday morning being um, the, the the joker day when people do or don't practice um, to save themselves, everyone just got to work, I think, because they were like, ooh, I'm fast, I'm slow, I'm this, I'm that. And the track wasn't particularly physically demanding. Okay. You know, it was red, smooth where it was smooth, uh, obviously rough and gnarly where it was rough and gnarly, but it's, it's not a, it wasn't a baked Val Soli or Fort William or even a weird Lenzerheide which is extremely intense uh-huh. even though it's really short it was actually not particularly taxing you know because you had the long off camber at the bottom with the jumps you had the long off camber at the top after yeah. the first couple of corners you had a lot of new sections you had a couple of sections that just weren't particularly bumpy for multiple reasons or just uh-huh. so deep and dusty loam dry loam yeah. I don't know what you call dry loam and <laughs> um, that just yeah it didn't, didn't try to be a extremely physically taxing so people were happy to do the extra day extra runs there was no one complaining of fatigue in race days so hence why we got a pretty pretty intense batch of racing and it was also a bit it was yet again it was classic world champs and that a few people 
that you wouldn't normally know from the World Cups, but people at, on the World Cup circuit would know yeah. or know of or have seen riding obviously every day. Um, but the fans may not know as well. And they put down some some storming runs and it held together and they got themselves top 10s or top 15s where they normally aren't there. So, yeah, yeah, classic world champs. Um, Jenna Hastings in the juniors got herself rainbow stripes, capitalised on everyone else's everyone else's kind of foibles and failures. And she rode, like I, I watched her, she left just before Phoebe left. Um, and she absolutely nailed the first three corners <laughs> and the off camber. And I was like, oh. Jenna's definitely and she missed Mount Anne, so she was fresh and hungry yeah so that was cool to see and then junior men obviously Jackson threw it away with a couple of crashes yeah and he knew himself he just want, he just wanted to smash it I think he wanted to to really go out go out on a high in his junior career and it didn't pay off and that's that's world champs that's racing yeah I think world champs just kind of amplifies what racing is because it is that do or die as we saw in the elite men definitely yeah when, when it goes well yeah, it goes real well, you know. But hard not to overexert, I guess, and and push that bit too hard. So Jordan's run was obviously kind of well calculated to to fight that because that was a huge margin on everyone else. Yeah, it was phenomenal, and you could you could kind of see all week he he had that same pace and a similar pace in every sector, and I'm pretty sure he's fastest speed trap all week as well. Really, and he was fastest speed trap in qualities and and finals for the juniors over sixty kilometers an hour through yeah. that spot as he crossed the final road here. So. Yeah, definitely on it. Yeah, super fast, committed. I don't think the man touched the brakes for the last forty-five seconds of track. Probably. <laughs> so yeah, super interesting. Yeah. And then um, it's <sighs> you can kind of see because some people came down had storming runs and the clock just disagreed. Mm. Yeah, to, to disagreed to the point where you're like, is the timing even correct? You know, it's like, is is this actually someone has someone made a mistake here? Yeah, that's yeah. how weird some people's runs were. But I think that was the case of pushing too hard. You know, or trying to find a limit that was somewhere else, and it was really it's racing's always difficult anyway. You know, one run on the clock racing is so challenging. Hence why we love, hence why we all come back for more. Yeah, I think because it's so hard to piece together what actually makes winning runs, and World Champs just amplifies that because everyone just goes at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Valley executed what was an extremely crisp run. Really, is the word to describe it. I think she didn't make a whole pile of mistakes, unlike Nina. Uh-huh. Who should have been on the floor twice? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, she managed had some to, big moments, right? some big old moments, which cost her some time. Yeah, it was sloppy in spots. Yeah, if yeah. it hadn't been so sloppy, and the moments weren't as big higher up, she would have won the race, I think. Yeah, because her sectors four and five just dominated the rest of the girls. Yeah, and yeah. those sectors four and five definitely played in certainly the final one into the results in a lot of areas. Right, they look relatively innocuous, but well, or five as the final one back mm. from the from the woods down, but. Definitely had an impact. Like Loic made up a big chunk of time there. Uh, Valley lost a lot of time there. Yeah, um, yeah, an interesting sector. Like, yeah, really weird. Valley on? lost a lot of time to Nina. Nina put a huge amount of time in on everyone. Yeah, although I'll, I'll whip the stats up briefly. All right. Nina put an enormous amount of time into the majority of the girls there. Um, how primarily just really really committed bike riding. And even I was screaming at the TV watching it. And it was just like. <laughs> For, for Miriam's run especially I was like get low get low I could just I could hear myself saying it, it was like the, the women were just not getting low enough after that last jump out into the field Reese's jump and I, I think yeah, it's, it's not as easy as my get low get low is when you say get low you mean like from an aer- yeah, aerodynamic position? yeah because yeah, okay. obviously the, hi- the higher up you are the more mass you have above your your, your pivot point and your, yeah. and your contact patches so it's, it's easier to quickly control your contact patch and feel like you're still maintaining traction on that off camber slippy high speed stuff and obviously the lower you go the faster you go and you'll see some of the elite men just stuck their face to the chin to the stem and <laughs> off they went you know yeah um 
so yeah I was kind of like oh, just there was some margins and Nina did the best job there and it definitely paid off you okay. know and that carried in she had the fastest speed trap she did a fantastic job in, on the jumps yeah and getting backside in the jumps was, was critical you know and even some of the elite men made an absolute mess of the jumps yeah and the yeah. last two jumps in particular were terrible for a downhill race in terms of just how steep they were yeah a lot but, of people were saying how technical those jumps were like they weren't like quite built to make life easy for no sure. they were not built for for a downhill race yeah you know and especially the, the lips were kind of wavy so you had an option of waiting for the actual end of the lip to pull yeah where you could pull slightly earlier earlier where you actually had a better transition and go higher and i think yeah at that speed it was so hard so hard to know what way to do it and i think wind would have played a role too or even in practice getting a slipstream off someone yeah made your life easier in finals a little bit of wind tagged the tabletop just about tagged the second double the first double and then the last jump just absolutely cased the guts yeah. out of it so yeah super challenging sector valley valley greased the jumps it won one of the race in the end she managed to grease the last two really really well yeah i like got backside on both of them and her deficit to nina just kind of stopped there and you're like oh. she just like oh, won a race there basically and <laughs> held it all together but she ended up losing what between split three down she lost four seconds yeah maybe, or three yeah, and yeah. a half seconds yeah it was a huge yeah. buffer that she had so. massive eh? yeah no super interesting well, what about the quick, men's quick then? stats go on um p1 sector five so is the last sector from the start of that steep open woods mm -hmm. where they fell the trees to the finish line uh nina hoffman was 50 seconds yeah and uh, next was monica harasnik 1.7 seconds back okay yeah and so valley lost uh two seconds 1.97 to nina in that sector Whoa. miriam nicole lost 4.4 no way mm -hmm. what did miriam do differently there you got to be almost on a different line right i think yeah she was somewhat tentative didn't attack that off camber turn into the first of those berms in the woods yeah. like she should have and that speed you don't carry through that first corner has a knock-on impact the whole way out to that jump yeah and then once you land in the jump if you don't pedal if you don't do a super tuck you're not getting that speed back ever yeah. and then she i need to watch it back it looks like to me she cased the landing of the triple okay the entry jump to the motorway section um chaos and tani who watched it said she overshot it ah. but she, she either way she landed back wheel first and had a big front wheel down yeah. slap so whether she cased it or whether she overshot it it was a huge big impact that, that sucked speed yeah yeah um and then case the jumps and there you go job done matter yeah yeah so all all details matter i think it's super easy on these sorts of tracks to be focusing on the steep gnarly technical stuff where yeah. it's blown out whatever else but here you go winning races on motorways this is it well yeah loic loic took 1.1 from amory through there i think which yep. is interesting do you think anything Logan's fastest man in sector five. Yeah. There you go. Anything to do with that, the, the magic button? I don't know if you used the magic button. Let's, I'll, I'll zoom in now you've said it. I don't <laughs> know if you had time to use the magic button. You might have done. Yeah. The bike was phenomenal. I don't know if you watched it back, but I've, I never, seen, I've never seen a set of wheels track the floor like that in a long time. It was outrageous. Yeah. And I contrasted it to um, Troy's bike, which looked amazing in some sections and then uh -huh. there was a, quite a lot of like lateral movement to the chassis yeah in other sections under braking and stuff and then bruni's rigs just on the floor that's it the rig just didn't move <laughs> didn't move left didn't move right the wheels just went tracked phenomenal yeah it was an impressive yeah. looking like controlled run yeah i spoke about it yesterday to it was actually amory um and after qualifying, we were all like, ooh, Bruni's kind of, you know, you can't count him out, but he's maybe a little bit back. And then the next morning, I saw some social media stuff where Loic, you know, he's running a GoPro in qualities uh, on the day to bike, did a big whip on the last jump, looked at the photographer. <laughs> then Red Bull bike put up a clip of him in the steep section, shrouping 
the guts out of a berm yeah. at the bottom um, and just generally having a very kind of loose slash fun run yeah. and I was like ah oh, man's got some man's probably got a few little seconds in, in, in the, the back pocket so yeah. at that stage I was like ah oh, yeah and then Ta- I think Tani said it to me she was just like don't forget he is this is his race and I was like, "Yeah, you're 100 percent correct. This is his race." Yeah. And now it definitely is. Am- Amory just said it yesterday. He's like, "Yeah, that's that's this man's race. That's it." Incredible. You know, it's he guys like Amory are going to have to work extremely hard to to beat Bruni. Although Bruni hates Fort William, absolutely <laughs> hates it with a passion. He's not had a good history there. Has no, he? not had a good history and despises it. I think he yeah. just doesn't like bad weather. So there you go. It's going to be an Mad interesting one. And the fans, yeah. the fans needs to be. It definitely came across on television for anyone who wasn't here, but I think most, most mountain bike fans from the universe were here, it seemed like. <laughs> yeah. The police said 60,000. Wow. Minimum, is what they said. I've never seen that many people at a race. That's mad. Like it was like, I, I went up on track during Elite Men about quarter to four to take a few images and help a few of the, uh, the, my, the riders I work with out with some last-minute course reports and stuff, and it was six deep in some sections from above the lake down. Insane. You know, I had to do like skids, like into the B zone, out of the B zone, around the fans, and everyone was just cheering for me. <laughs> just some some dickheads skidding a trail back down the hill, you know. Amazing. Just, it's, the passion was just through the roof. Yeah, you know? like phenomenal. Insane. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, good. Go. That is exciting stuff. What yeah. a sport. We're in a good position, man. Yeah, yeah really what a sport. cool. Well, let's um, let's talk a bit about Val de Sol then. Tell us. Um, well, talk us through the track. It's well known for being brutal. I think is the word. Yeah, it's it's brutal in the normal sense of the word, the colloquial sense of the use of the word brutal. And I think now it's will be from this year officially brutal in the Irish use of the word, uh-huh. which is terrible. <laughs> in Ireland you say, Jesus, that's brutal. As in like, this is really bad. And I think from what I've heard from people who've written there this year, it's not been touched since World Champs. Right. It's rained a lot. It's been dry a lot, like like here in this part of the Alps. Um uh, so apparently the dirt between the rocks is becoming less and less noticeable. So you just got rocks. So it's extremely demanding. Yeah. And from what I've checked in the weather forecast, although I try not to do too much weather prognostics, but it's not looking good. No, it doesn't. It looks and, uh, like quite a lot of rain through the week. Yeah. So the percentage chances aren't the best, are whatever, mid-pack. Yeah. Uh, thunderstorms slash whatever. So it may or may not rain. But then when you look at the accumulated millimeters per day and it's saying 15 to 20, you kind of like, I will need a canoe. Yeah, not a bicycle. So yeah. not good. Scary, genuinely scary. I think Val de Rainey is what someone <laughs> called it yesterday. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, we've had we have had wet Val de Sols in the past, but I think they were a little while ago, and there was more dirt on the hill. We had twenty eighteen when Tane beat Rachel by point one. Uh-huh. Hence why I call it point one. Um, qualifying at that race in twenty eighteen was wet. And the rain rolled in as we were warming up. And you could see it come in and then it just dumped. And everyone was just like, do I have to do this? Because <laughs> obviously that's, that's the worst case scenario. When it's wet all week, you can get into it a little bit and the track will, will eventually kind of come a bit better. Yeah. But when it gets, you know, when it goes from bone dry to very wet very quickly, you just get slick on top and mm-hmm. slick rocks and unknown lines and everything else. But basically, yeah, it was just, it was, it was an outrage. It was just a ridiculous, it was literally ridiculous. Like the, everyone said it was just a joke. Like yeah. and I remember there was a clip of Reese passing out Charlie Harrison in the steep section and then Reese getting passed out further down someone else like it was just carnage so I'm not sure what we're in for really yeah really not sure what we're in for final race of the year people have a big eye on protected status for next year yeah if that still exists mm-hmm. the discovery overlords may disagree um, 
overalls. Yeah. You know, winning overalls or whatever, or winning a the final World Cup of the year to solidify a, an extra an extra zero in your contract. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot on the line. There's a lot on the line, and Mother Nature is going to potentially make it quite challenging. And any word on any changes? Are there any rumours as to what's going on with the track? Or not at this not stage? From, yeah. Um, from what I heard from people who've been there, the poles were already out like okay. a week and a half, two weeks ago. Yeah. So the general direction of where the tape's going to go was already that, and it's give or take a few metres identical to last world year's champs. Yeah, world champs. And yeah, yeah so UCI technical delegates will be there on tomorrow yeah morning. tuesday tuesday yeah. they'll do they'll do uci track walk and then tuesday evening they'll do red bull track walk for the tv yeah so that may result in some small changes and then we'll we'll walk it um or one of the riders may walk it as well yeah with the uci and that'll result in some small changes safety yeah. changes usually so that's about as much as we get yeah so nothing major although having said that they did apparently um last week they did get the digger out for the bottom of the cross-country track and they basically redid an entire section within an afternoon on the wow. xc track because someone's very good in, when you're good in a digger you're good in a digger <laughs> so someone just dragged boulders around the field and just dug big holes and slapped the dirt in and made a whole new bottom section for an xc kind of where it cuts through the four cross track i uh-huh. think so who knows the minute got got the digger up there and built a whole new track since well that's not good if it's raining though so <laughs> yeah not easy to bed a track yeah. so either way conditions. like the, the talk of the town in Valdesoli most years is the track yeah and it, it will be this year anyway and it will be if it's not been worked on and if it rains that's all we talk about sadly <laughs> yeah if it's if it is wet though does that like reduce the level of physicality because people are going slower or does it increase it because you're kind of more tentative tighter it just changes yeah. it changes what is making it physical okay so it's those high speed high amplitude impacts those huge big boom boom like yeah full range of motion with arms and legs lots of huge big impacts where you have to push the bike away from you super quickly yeah to maintain posture to maintain geometry the bike and everything else um and that's just sustained the whole way down it's got a few flat sections but generally and they're, they're quite choppy and bumpy anyway so you don't right. really get the rest um so that's what makes it physical in the dry in the wet it'll be similar to that and you're just going slower so the contractions are slower in the muscles yeah and um, you have to pull the bike drag the bike around a bit more it tends to not rebound as quick mm-hmm. you know or you have to go as fast as you can in your rebound to get the geometry to stay stable so it just becomes more of a potentially just more of an aerobic challenge more of an aerobic capacity challenge you're okay just, you're at the end of your lungs yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know whereas you're kind of at the end of your the muscular system and the peripheral fatigue is what gets you when it's when it's dry and baked and you're slapping holes all day <laughs> whereas when it's wet it's a little bit slower and a little bit more challenging yeah centrally you know and perhaps a little bit easier on those riders that are carrying like injuries or challenges so cami obviously yeah is not back to 100 percent and has a big job to do there loic and loris both both carrying kind of shoulder issues do you think a slightly slower wetter race will help those riders no, no okay. probably make, that place probably make it worse okay. because what you'll have is you'll have the it's it's, it's not as steep as people especially now ever since the bottom half has been redirected to make it more more turny uh-huh. um, it's not as steep as people think you know, it's not nowhere near as steep as people people this notion it's a super steep track it's actually probably one of the flatter tracks okay. at the top half um, flatter than here even um, so with the mud if it is super muddy and the rocks are slippy and everything else it'll be immensely challenging on the upper body to pull the bike around drag the bike with you so i don't think yeah i don't think it's forgiving ever <laughs> and it won't be any more, less or more forgiving because of the 
because of the rain. Yeah. They were just in for a rodeo, basically. Wow. Okay, so last time out was world champs there. Mm. Greg Minow was mm. on an absolute heater all week, from what I hear. Like From Friday morning. Yeah. Same as here. Yeah. Just two clicks more, went from 7 to 11. That's four <laughs> clicks. Um, <laughs> Savage, yeah. Just lets it skip. Yeah. Right, right. Rides it like, like he's small when he's not. You know, just lets the bike skip down the hill, so hasn't had the season that he probably would have wanted and, and has the form to have had. Yeah. So I'm guessing he'll probably be quite keen to push on. Go out and high for sure. And like, you know, I think yesterday, well, the day before would have, here at World Champs would have irritated him because he had a great run and it was just off the mark. Like a lot of guys. Yeah. It was just off the mark, you know, 20, 24 or 23 or whatever the time was. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I think he'll be keen. Yeah. And he's, be, due to his Mont St. Anne crash, um, I think he's got a touch. He needs to have a really good race to get a top 10 overall, I think, yeah. for, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Which means that, you know, protected status for next year, it's a, it's a really, really, really important yeah. piece of piece of uh, kit for next year is protected status. So he'll he'll be keen on that. He'll be pushing on, yeah. yeah. Miriam took the stripes there as well last year. Yeah. Again, a season that she's really not been able to execute on the the ability and the raw skill that's there. Yeah, the speed she has for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah she'll, she'll be extremely motivated, I think, to to go out on a on a high she's getting foot surgery on her foot she broke a few okay. years ago pre-season because it, it just doesn't work from what she says yeah she's had a very tough time I think with that especially a lot a lot tougher than people people uh, know I think she doesn't, right. she doesn't really milk it or talk about it very much but it, it's it's not good you know? right okay Even walking can be a challenge yeah that's how bad it is so she's getting surgery and that to sort that out so I think she'll want to Put a nice, a nice ribbon on the end of the season, a little bow on the end of the season, and and head off and recover. Yeah, yeah, and someone that could kind of play play into the overall, right? So we've got Cami in the lead there, um, Valley in second, and Miriam in third. And any of those three can potentially win it mathematically. Yeah, um, and it's it's actually pretty tight, right? Cami's got some work to do. I think Cami, I think Cami's more than capable, as we saw for sure. As we yeah. saw on on Saturday here. Yeah. Um, you know, 0.9 off the podium. Three weeks out from a broken collarbone is pretty impressive. Yeah. I think the, the, the physical demands of Valdosoli, those pitches that are quite steep, super steep even, where it goes from slightly flat to really steep back yeah. to flat again. And you have all the big rocks and the impacts and the, the eroded terrain. It's a super challenge for the upper body, for yeah. anyone, especially the females. So we'll see how it goes. But I think anyone, of all the female athletes now who's capable of managing the physical and the mental state mm-hmm. throughout throughout a World Cup weekend. It's it's Cammy's got, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's got know, a strong so. head. Yeah, it's strong, strong, but not not in in like, it's not a, an airy fairy, intangible thing. It's it's a skill set. Like we, yeah, we've yeah. talked about it before many times. You know, it's yeah. the mental toolbox, and she seems to have cultivated and developed. Yeah, you know, a lot of very useful mental skills from other sports or from life that mm-hmm. she's able to apply to downhill. Yeah, and very strategic. Yeah, very strategic about those. And when she's at a, a World Cup, she's got her teammates. Yeah. Benoit Coulange, Baptiste Pierron, and a few others. And I always think she does She does get a lot of good. That team works well together. They all help each other out a lot. Yeah. You know, so she gets good course info from the boys who see it later in the day. And uh, the boys probably get a lot of good info and got a good insight from her. So I think that's, yeah. She'll lean on the team, mm-hmm. you know, manager trackside people fellow teammates all that sort of thing she'll lean on the team next week and can definitely get the job done for sure excellent and benoit was second there last year yep. as well right so benoit's uh definitely a, a very five quick rider on that track sector five costs a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> sector five cost him he's he, as we saw yesterday he's for whatever reason he's maybe not the best at the the high speed tuck pump type thing yeah okay maybe not maybe that's just 
just coincidence. But yeah, the bottom of Val Valdesoli, like boosting out into the the famous fly off jump yeah. into the left hand corner and around the right to the finish line. Menard Menard just pipped him there from basically two turns up. Menard just got a little bit of better exit entry to exit speed from the first left hander into the right hander. Yeah, and from there he slowly crept, it crept and crept and crept, and he got himself the win by point two. So yeah, but Benoit, yeah, for sure, I think that sort of track where he can just plow down and just hang off the rig. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely. would be good fun to watch. Isabella Yankova, I don't, I haven't spoken to her since the race. I don't know how she's doing. She had a pretty nasty crash, I think. Here, really nasty crash. Yeah, yeah, really, really bad. Winded herself, I think, pretty bad. Okay, um, she's fine. I spoke okay. to her. I went, I went and found her and team afterwards because I think that's the when you're heavily involved in, in one of the categories, kind of like I am with the, with the junior girls with Phoebe. I think it's just courtesy, and, and you know, we all look out for yeah the other riders. So I went, I went to see the team afterwards, and uh, she's fine okay for inverted commas fine yeah but she is she, I, I actually met her then afterwards during the elite men race and she was totally fine just sore mm-hmm. big crash sore and obviously ego dented she uh, went for it she fully went for it yeah wanted to just get the rainbows back and didn't work out you know same as for phoebe yeah so but we'll see her on track hopefully yeah she, i think she should be, be there she'll be yeah. fine yeah I checked and, and riding well too yeah you know slowly building a little bit of form and a little bit of uh a little bit of the, the pace and the not aggressiveness, but the confidence she had last year. Yeah. It's been taking her the whole season, basically. Yeah. But it, it looks good now, so it's, it's cool. It's She's a whole new setup, right? So yeah, a whole new setup. It yeah. took a long time to get, get her head around it for whatever reason, so. Yeah. yeah. Cool, that should be good. Um, I checked in with Finn's mechanic, because mm-hmm. Finn obviously didn't race the finals here, which sounds like a sensible decision, but it, it sounds like he's okay, no symptoms at this point, so they're hoping to be good to race. Good to race, I think yeah. he's keen on doing what he can on from an overalls perspective yeah, totally it's like pretty know, much sewn up put but a bit of pressure on Amory <laughs> yeah yeah give Amory Ruining something Anna to worry about Amory's Saturday for sure yeah. yeah I think yeah the whole the whole head injury thing like you know if I, I don't know the details but from what I've heard Finn hit his head in final practice run mm-hmm. damaged a helmet so the sensible decision was to sit out finals which for world champs is it's such a big decision to make it's a big call but um, same as, as Angel who had a huge crash in finals here and was knocked out yeah and uh, we discussed it yesterday that, you know, racing Valdesoli is just not really an option. It's just time no. to time to pull the plug now and just yeah recuperate, recover for next year. But like me and Angel spoke about, and it should be the case with Finn too, in my opinion, is that the decision should not be in the team or the rider's hands. I me agree. and Angel should not be having the conversation yeah. of the pros and cons of, or the extreme dangers of trying to race next week, even if he feels 100% subjectively. Yeah. The decision should be away from teams and riders hands it should just be oh you didn't take the start because you cracked your your dome yeah well you, you've had a head impact you're not racing a bike for two weeks yeah not an official race not a uci event that should be it done yeah so, so me and angel can't have that conversation some yeah. kind of sensor as well so that we've actually got some data to support that would be really good yeah the technology's out there so yeah. that'd be fantastic yeah but here we are in the dark ages <laughs> <laughs> watch this space yeah absolutely i think discovery eso the conglomerate <laughs> are um, are probably keen yeah real keen to to push that sort of side of the sport forward which is cool i know yeah. there's been discussions within ews around that topic so yeah. i think we've got the right people trying to push that so yeah it's cool for Should sure i think that that's the future to sport in that sense is in pointing in a far better direction which is yeah. really nice you know good good yeah. and then junior men no doubt those two are going to keep battling yeah right? jackson's got the overall sewn up so he just want to go out and absolutely he just want to dominate and try and, try and <laughs> fastest time of the day you know yeah um, well capable of it both of those boys will go at it um, and then I haven't checked the overall further down but you know you've Lock- Lockie Stevens McNabb won't be racing he broke his yeah. wrist I think in qualifying um, T7 I think 
I broke T7 as well. I think so, yeah. Wow, yeah, it was a huge crash. Yeah. I heard it. I was about 100 metres, maybe 80 metres up the hill. Like two corners up, basically. I heard the impact and I was just like, not good. Mm. So, yeah, poor kid. Um, but Sebastian Holguin, the Colombian kid, he's probably quite far up there in the uh-huh. overall. There's a few other kids battling it out. So it'll be a hot race, I think. And then obviously Jordan and Jackson, the JJ. The JJ battle <laughs> will be just phenomenal, you know. So I'm excited. It's good to see. Good to see those kids yeah. go at it. And yeah. both of them will want to just finish off their junior career well you know definitely and uh another of your riders returning to racing oh, the main man himself mr reese wilson's yeah. gonna be back with us it's cool it's good I'm excited to see him huh? I'm, gonna yeah. him, I'm gonna give him some abuse <laughs> straight around the pits just to shit talk you know <laughs> um yeah i don't think there's zero expectations from him there's zero expectations from the team mm-hmm. um if anyone starts to push any expectations they'll be well and truly deflected yeah uh, the, the man just wants to get between the tape and race a, a world cup before the nine month break until yeah uh, the next world cup next june simple as that yeah it'll be it'll be if he ha- doesn't do valdesoli it'll be over a year basically until he raced world cups yes yeah, which is too long yeah and i think even just just to ride a super demanding track and work through race processes building up speed and all that sort of thing is just not possible elsewhere yeah, you, know, you can come to Morzine, you can come to wherever and ride super demanding terrain, but you can't truly get up to gnarly speeds because the tracks aren't clean and there's tourists to T-bone and everything yeah. else. So I think safety, safety and the specificity of the environment and that sort of thing. Yeah, the man's just going to come and hang out and ride bikes. Nice. There you go. And he, who knows, might win the race. Well, <laughs> I highly doubt. <laughs> a, a super creative rider, though, always good to watch. Really yep. creative on the way. He looks at a track and finds lines and totally. Is there room for him to manoeuvre at Valdesol, do you think? Is, is there choice? In the dry, no. Okay. In the dry, it's just baked. You just have to send it. There's, yeah. There is choice, but it's limited. In the wet, things may change. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Things may change. But the way it's been taped and the way the track's been directed in, in recent years, creativity is kind of limited, yeah. Yeah. But wow. there is like, you know, there's tight corners near the bottom and stuff where you can do a, an extremely good job of slightly, slight variations. Okay. Uh, setups, pickups, yeah, insides to outsides to insides, that sort of thing. So he's obviously he's one of the best of the best ever at that. So yeah, for sure, be good to see everyone. Loves just love to see him on track and love to see him in the pits and smiling. So I'm looking forward to having him back. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, it'd be great to have him back. Well, thank you. It's been really interesting. It's been a mega season, and having the opportunity to sit and chat with you at all the races, whether it's remote or in person, has been fantastic. Like on behalf of everyone who listens to this, thank you for all the insight that you've brought us this year. Um, it's been mint and I'm uh, I'm kind of sad that we've got so much time off yeah we've got nine <laughs> months before we now we, we should do a we should do a, a post-season pre-show yeah we can <laughs> we don't know what you call can, it <laughs> uh, we, we can definitely find some opportunities yeah, to chat cool. between well, now I, and the, the racing, fans but... should probably get involved and just ask a batch of questions yeah just do 20 questions definitely just answer 20 questions or something like that post-season we'll do it yeah we should do that something like that yeah if everyone's keen to ask I'd be well up for it the, the world is full of nerds like you and I apparently so yeah we can we can all nerd out together yeah so. they've been coming up to both of us this week and, yeah, uh, yeah enjoying the nerd insight. enjoying the, the stats and the insight and everything yeah. so people love it like I said to you you know especially at the North American World Cups people kept saying it to me just fans just love insight I yeah. think you know because it is hard to get it when all you get is photographs and then the, the live show so yeah yeah I'm happy to help, happy to provide. So nice. There you go. Thanks, mate. It's been a pleasure. And uh, let's have a good week of racing and then sign off for the year. Fingers crossed, I don't get too wet yet. Thanks. (laughs) Nice one. Cheers, Chris. See ya. All right, that's it for this episode with Chris. I hope you're as excited as I am for the season ender to unfold. Don't forget to watch what will no doubt be an insane finale over on Rebel TV this weekend. 
A huge thank you to Maxis for supporting the season and making it possible for me to be here. Maxis have got incredible tyres for you no matter how or where you ride. So head over to Maxxis.com or visit your local Maxis dealer and check them out. I've been using the DHR Max Terra in the back and the Asagai Max Grip with their brand new XO Plus casing up front and it's a killer combo that's working super well for me so why not check it out for yourself. Here's a few other links that might be useful to you. Downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you never miss an episode. Forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch. And forward slash EP if you want to get a subscription or a copy of one of the first two issues of our lovely print project, Downtime EP. As always, spread the word and make sure as many people as possible are listening. That's it for today. Until next time, get out and ride. <laughs>